My name's uh, Simon, I'm the pastor here. As you can probably tell, my voice is not quite right this morning, so hopefully I won't be too squeaky as I, uh, as I go through this morning's message. But it's a, it's a sobering time. And it's good for us to remember those who risked their lives, and of course for many who gave their lives, in order that we might know the relative peace and freedom that we have in this nation of ours, sadly due to the evil in the world that we live in. Peace and freedom is not there by default, and it's not guaranteed either. Whilst we'd love it for all, whilst we want it for our children and future generations, and whilst we want it for ourselves, it comes at a cost this side of eternity. is something that needs to be protected, something that needs to be fought for. But the Bible says, and as we've titled this, uh, this message this morning and this, uh, this morning's meeting, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. These brave men and women in our armed services risk their lives and, of course, Sadly, many give their lives for their friends, for their family, and for their country, so that we can live in the relative peace and freedom that we enjoy in, in this nation. They fight against oppression from other nations and, of course, rogue groups as well. My own great-granddad, uh, a man called Fred, he, he was around during World War I, and when it started, he was too young to join the army. So being a, a passionate young man, he, he lied about his age. He was, uh, on his 17th birthday, he went to the army and said he was 18. They said, great, we'll have you. And, uh, and so he joined the army and went out to, to fight. On one of his early sort of uh, uh, marches there, a bomb went off near him, sadly killing many of his um, uh, colleagues around him, and he was buried under a pile of dead bodies, and fighting started, and at the, as the fighting subsided, he was able just to manage to get his hand out and call for help. He was, he was injured, and so had to be sent home from the war. And when he came back, he realized, actually, virtually all his friends had been killed. He had lost all his hair, and it never grew back. And he was, but he was one of the, the, the few that, that survived. My dad said he would never really speak about the war time, and yet he was, many of, he was one of thousands of ordinary men, heroes really, who did this for their friends, their family, and their country. The Bible says, pay to all what is owed them, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Elsewhere, it says, outdo one another in honoring. And uh, that's what we want to do this morning. Those of you that uh, are here as guests and uh, normally go down the war memorial, I'm sure you'll be pleased you're here in the, in the dry uh, today as we uh, remember this. But we're going to take two minutes' silence now to remember those who uh, serve 
our nation so amazingly and, and give their lives in, in trying to protect it and for, particularly for those who gave their life for our nation. So I'm going to call us to do a two-minute silence and they'll tell us when it's up. But if you uh, want to stand, please feel free to stand to honour them if you're able to. And if you want to sit to reflect, then uh, also feel free to sit. But I'm just going to call us for two-minute silence now and then I'll tell us when it's over. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for those brave men and women who have given their lives and for some who are continuing to give their lives. Lord God, in protection for this nation, Lord God, we want to honour them. Lord God, we pray you would be with them and be with their families. Lord Jesus, we pray particularly for the families of those who have lost loved ones. Lord Jesus, we pray, would you be near them today? Draw near to them, Lord God. May they know your wonderful presence on them, Lord Jesus. And Lord, those who are, are giving their lives, Lord God, in service of their country, Lord God, we just pray your protection on them and your hand upon them. Lord Jesus, be with them, we pray. And we say we honour them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Feel free to take your, your seat. Do you know, it's right for us to honour them today, knowing that we will have to do it again next year. And indeed, we'll have to continue doing similar things all the way until Christ himself returns and wraps up all things. Because Jesus says there will always be wars and rumours of wars. You see, according to the Bible, when God made everything, there was peace. Peace was a gift guaranteed for, for all, all, along with everything we could ever need or want. Yet rather than rejoice in this and live a life showing gratitude and thanks to God, our first parents doubted God's goodness and in greed rebelled against him, plunging the world into the chaos that we see around us. And before we think we would be do any different or be any better than them, that same greed lurks within each one of us too. It is the evil within, actually, that calls many a conflict at a personal level, husband, wife, brother, sister, all the way up to a national level. And it's when those desires, unchecked, uh, are there in the people who are in power uh, in a nation that many a war that need not be occurs and causes the suffering of so many people. Indeed, there are many casualties in war, even before a war breaks out, as those people within a nation that is going, uh, that is beginning to make some very bad choices, let's say, as they begin to try and protest and speak out about it, they're not congratulated for it, they're not thanked for it. Actually, they, the government uses what power it has to try and silence them and to vilify them and to persecute them so they don't promote what they're saying. 
Many people for unjust causes are forced into a corner or even deceived into thinking that what they're doing is for, for some right reason eventually. And of course, the famous World War survivor J.R. Tolkien excellently, um, he excellently demonstrated this in his book Lord of the Rings when you get that fictional character of Faramir standing over a dead soldier who is an enemy to him. And he says this, you wonder what his name is, where he comes from, and if he really was evil at heart, what lies or threats led him on this long march from home, or would he have not rather stayed there in peace? So it's right that we honor those who have died or are giving their lives in, service, in the service of this nation and the armed forces. And indeed, in my opinion as well, we should include the police force in that as well as they serve the nation on a home front. I tell you, as you, many of you know, I'm involved in many nations around the world, several nations, and in a number of them, the police is the last place you'd go for peace, for protection, and for justice. We should honor them as well. But you know, we honor them, not just by occasions like this, by wearing uh, poppies or having two-minute silence, silences, but we honor them by standing up in our nation too and speaking out for what is true and right. We must, continue, we must continue to fight for what is right, not with guns, but in a democracy, it's incumbent upon each one of us to use our democratic right to, to, to lobby our MPs in the House of Lords, to write to them and to point out where they're making policies and decisions that are not good for the nation and to thank them and to honor them when they do things that are good. You know, we respectfully and carefully should engage with the media as, as well, knowing that the media, if you disagree with them, they're not going to thank you for it and say, oh, well done for pointing out a different view. They'll vilify you for it as well. But don't think that this nation is above the evil that we have seen in other nations in the past, that even our boys have fought again in previous generations. If you here in this room don't stand up for what is right and play your part in speaking out against the evil we see, no matter how it's dressed up, because it's always dressed up to look nicer than it actually is, then our nation too will begin to slip and is slipping and plunge itself and other people's lives into chaos that we've fought against in the past. You see, there is a deeper level still that we must wage war on as Christians. And that's the evil within. And you know, it's not even politically correct to talk about the, the evil within anymore. The, the, you know, the correct thing at the moment is, oh, there's no, no such thing as evil within. It's just your environment that makes a person good or bad. We're all essentially good people. That's, that's what's taught. But you know, history doesn't show that to be true. Anyone here who's got young children would think, hmm, that doesn't quite add up, that, that, that school of thought. And if you do an honest evaluation of your own heart, you know that that's not true as well. It puts the nail in the coffin of that theory. But more importantly than all of those, the Bible tells us that that theory is not true either. The Apostle Paul writes this about the human condition. For I know 
that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. And he goes on to say, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And this is the Apostle Paul speaking here, or Saint Paul as he's referred to in other parts of the church. And he's not just talking about death in terms of one day we'll die, although that is included in what he is saying, but he's talking about this evil within that lurks within all of us, who will help us put that area to death, who will help us get rid of that. And of course, this evil is not something separate from us, so we can blame, it wasn't me, it was, it was somebody else, it was evil inside me. No, no, that evil is part, has become part of who we are. We do things, and we've all done them, that we look back on with regret and think, oh, I wish I had not done that. We say things that the moment we say them, we wish, oh, I wish I could have taken those words back. Or even worse still, we say things that we know are hurtful, and yet we're going to say them anyway because we're feeling cross or spiteful. And then there's those dark thoughts that we all have from time to time, which if we're honest, we're glad that nobody else knows what we're thinking. And yet the Bible is clear. God sees everything. God knows everything, even down to the motives of your heart and to my heart. And we will all have to stand before him one day as, as judge, because he is in charge of everything, and therefore he has to hold everyone accountable. It says this in the book of Hebrews, It is appointed for man to die once, and then after that to face judgment which is good news in one way because it means all those horrible cases that we see around the world today or seen in history where people have got away with it or seemingly got away with it. They won't get away with it before the judgment seat of heaven and the one who knows everything about them will judge them correctly. And yet the sobering truth is that all of us too will get judged for the things that we've done wrong. And the Bible says this about all of mankind. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All has turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. That's not a good view of us. So by ourselves, actually, there's no way that we can get peace before God. There's no hope of us in our own effort becoming right with him, which God as judge would be absolutely right to send us out of his presence into a place where there's no good thing that the Bible calls hell. And actually no one would disagree with him on his verdict, not even you or me when he goes through everything. You'll think, yeah, no, you're, you are just, you are, you are right, God. And yet God didn't leave it that way. That doesn't have to be our future because God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, the Son of God, came and lived amongst us. He lived that perfect life. He was without sin, fully pleasing God in everything he did, 
said and thought, who then, out of love for his father and for you, he went beyond greater love, has no one than this, and he would lay down his life for his friends. For Jesus actually died for his enemies, because that's technically what we were beforehand, in order to make his enemies friends, and in order to adopt you and me into his family, into the family of God. He died a criminal's death on the cross, willingly taking on himself God's punishment against the things that you and I have done wrong, so that all who put their faith in him and surrender to him may be forgiven. They may get clothed in Jesus' righteousness. You get the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, who comes and lives inside of you and helps you to live for God. And my friends, you get peace before God and you get the peace of God in you, a peace that passes understanding, a peace that is with you in trouble and difficulty, as even we were singing about earlier today. And when you die and Christ returns, you also know that you will go to dwell with him in a renewed world, a perfected world, where righteousness and peace is guaranteed for all eternity. And this is the Christian message of hope. Greater love has no one than this, that Christ died to bring you back to God and to give you an eternal hope and an eternal future. And all you have to do is choose to receive Jesus here this morning. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, or you know actually you're not in a right place before him, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me this morning. So I just ask everyone to bow their heads. Just pray this in your heart, because as I said, God knows what you're thinking. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me enough to die for me. Please forgive me of all the things I have done, said, and thought that are wrong. By the power of your Spirit, Help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer along with me this morning, the Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So can I encourage you to tell the person you came with or come and see me afterwards? We'd love to also give you uh, this booklet. Uh, as well, just explain a bit more about what Jesus has done for you and, and what you have just done yourself. But for the rest of us here who already know Jesus, now we need to live our lives in the light of Christ's sacrifice for you and for me. And we need to honor those who are giving their lives and are serving this nation in, in this way. And as I said, we do that not just by days like today, although it's good to do days like today, but we do that by standing up for what is right, by speaking out for what is true, and by laying down our lives in order to live them for God and to serve him 
in whatever way he calls you to. And as I said, as you live for God, it's not the, na- the nation, this nation, is not necessarily going to thank you and say, oh, well done, well done. Actually, it may vilify you, but we need to do what is right before God, not is what is right before our people. That is how we continue also to show honour to those people that are giving their lives for this nation of ours. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. They're going to lead us in a closing song this morning about there is a redeemer. See, Christ came to die for us, to redeem us from the mess that we get ourselves into and the mess of this world so that we know that there is a glorious future that awaits us. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry that my voice, voice is a bit hoarse this morning. Well done for putting up with me. I'm pleased the rain held off. So I don't know if I'd been able to shout uh, any louder. But uh, yeah, Let, let's stand and I'll pray and then hand over to, to the band. Lord Jesus, thank you that you demonstrated greater love as no one than this. And you laid down your life for your friends, Lord God. But we weren't even your friends when you did that, really, Lord. We were criminals, technically, Lord God. We were outlaws. We were enemies of God, the Bible tells us. And yet, because of your great love, you died for us to make us friends, Lord God, to make us part of your family. And we thank you for that wonderful truth and that wonderful hope, Lord God, that we have that goes beyond this life, Lord God, into life eternal. So we want to say we thank you, Lord Jesus, and we love you, and we want to live our lives doing everything for you, Lord God, and giving ourselves in service of the one who gave himself for us. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Hailsham. For more information or to contact us, visit ChristchurchHailsham.org.